The Eagles and 49ers lost first game of the season. The Chiefs and Bills look all right. And we will get to Cowboys and Chargers right now on It's a Football Podcast. Guys, welcome to another edition. I'm Safed Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, you were at SoFi Stadium for the Cowboys win over the Chargers on Monday night. Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17 to in a game that was kind of boring at first, not going to lie to you, but the second half really made it a lot more exciting. Um, Tyler, uh, I'm not sure if I really think the Cowboys are back just yet because of who they played. I think the Chargers played really, really poorly in that second half, man. Uh, but what was your uh, biggest takeaways from SoFi Stadium last night uh, after the game? Well, let's start in the Cowboys. It was a bounce-back win for sure for them, a good psychological victory after they got embarrassed by the 49ers last week. And you could see on their faces um, – after the game in the locker room, just how important that victory was as they enter the bye week. They haven't lost back-to-back games since uh, 2021, and they didn't want to go into this bye week on a two-game losing streak going over two in California. So you know that this game meant a lot for the Cowboys, and Dak Prescott called it a must-win game. Um at the podium after, uh, you know, the, the the win. And just looking at those players, seeing them, it, it was a, a good, like I said, psychological win for that team. For the Chargers, they, <laughs> they, I remember, like, I'll take this all the way back to training camp. I asked a couple guys on the team and even Brandon Staley if, there's something to the fact that a team has to learn how to win. And they kind of gave me boilerplate answers. Like you, you learn how to win in practice with preparation and all that, like coach speak type stuff. But after seeing the chargers, especially under uh, Brandon's Staley and seeing them closely living here, they don't know how to win close games. And there is something to the fact knowing how to win and building that confidence by winning those close games, make winning plays when you have to. And they've lost six games by three points or fewer since the start of last season. That's that's something that's noteworthy because you have to be able to make winning type plays throughout the course of the game. And if, you make these consistently, then when you get in those situations, you're accustomed to it, you're comfortable with it, and you're going to execute better because you've been there, done that. And the Chargers haven't been there, done that enough. And that's why they come out the losing end of the stick more times than not. So it was a bad loss uh, by uh, the Chargers, and it gets worse for them because they play the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven, so they could be facing a two-game losing streak and starting the season two and four, so they have their work cut out for them. If they do not make the playoffs this year, 
there are going to be a whole lot of people uh, having their pink slips uh, this offseason. And uh, Brandon Staley is among them. Yeah, uh, I'll say it right now. I don't think the Chargers are making the playoffs this season, Tyler. And that's going into week seven. Um, the Raiders have a better record than them in the AFC West. And that's saying something, in my opinion, right? The Raiders don't appear to me like a really well put together bunch. Um, you know, you're obviously not as dysfunctional as the Broncos. Uh, enough than the Chargers right now. To me, that says a lot. Um, there's obviously a very, very huge disconnect in Justin Herbert, Kellen Moore, and uh, Brandon Staley. And what those three three guys have to accomplish there in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, when I just look at this game last night, it was it was a really eye opening thing for me because the Chargers struggled so badly in the red zone last night. Um, they had probably about four trips in the second half. Only got one touchdown out of all of them. And for me, the the it kind of all snowballed when Justin Herbert fell short of the first down marker on that one run he had pretty early in the game. To me, I think that was right before halftime. I'm not exactly sure, but Justin Herbert tried to, you know, run towards the first down marker. His body was there, yes, but his 6'4 body is so long that like 5'7 of him is in, his, is in his right leg and his right knee hits the deck about a yard shy of the first down. And... It was it was the lid on the on the uh, on the basket for them, in my opinion, Tyler. It was that one play that really messed up everything for them the rest of the night. Because for me, I felt like if Herbert was able to get that first down cleanly, you got four tries to get into the end zone. Instead, they had one try on fourth and one, and uh, you know Dallas, um, you know, uh, uh, picked it off the play. Excuse me, they didn't intercept them, but they disrupted the play, right? Um, and to me, that was just a microcosm for the whole night for them because offensively, the Chargers were barely moving the ball. Um, and then when they did get into the red zone, there was just a ton of miscommunication. There was one play where Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler are talking to each other, and Eckler's trying to tell Herbert where he's supposed to be on the field, like he's the quarterback. And then Herbert kind of tucked and run because the play was just dead after that, right? Then you look at that whole special teams blunder that they had. That whole drive was doomed from the beginning. It was they were lucky that they ended that touchdown uh, with a touchdown to Gerald Everett, um, but they had offensive line penalties. Uh, Keenan Allen overthrow to him, although he had a big second and twenty four conversion. But they needed the special teams to push the the gun. The gunner needed to push uh, you know somebody into the into the receiver for that punt so they can recover the football in the red zone. And even at that, they almost spoiled that opportunity unless they you know before they called the timeout and got situated through the touchdown. But for me, there was just a lot of plays where Justin Herbert, um, it, it feels like he is a little apprehended by what Kellen Moore is asking him to do offensively. And it just does not seem like all those guys. It feels like they're in the same book, maybe not in the same chapter yet because they're definitely not on the same page. Um, but it, they leave a lot to be desired offensively, Tyler. And I don't know if the Chargers have what it takes to really, really put it together and make some noise this season. I think – they look like a team that's bound for an early offseason. <laughs> well, this is um, Justin Herbert's third offensive coordinator in four seasons. So there's something to say to that about building continuity. Um, th they do not have it right now. I'm, well, 
I, I, I'll, I'll say this, that saying they do not have it is a little bit strong because their offense has been decent uh, this season. However, yesterday was just a bad performance, and it was a good Cowboys defense. And um, their defensive line pretty much outplayed the uh, Chargers' offensive line. And they just need to, like I said, it's it's learning how to win and execute in those game-changing type plays. They all they seem to always come up short when it's the crucial situations. Like Tony Pollard on the third and long, he got a 60-yard catch and run when you could have had Dak Prescott sacked and yeah. punted the other way. And then, like you said, the scramble when Justin Herbert fell a foot short. And then <laughs> you compound that by neglecting to kick the field goal, which is give me points. And then you throw – it in the end zone on fourth and one, like maybe if you run the ball, you have Austin Eckler back, maybe try to get it. If you can't get a yard, like Vince Lombardi said, you don't deserve to win the game. And -hmm. if you can't run for a yard, you don't deserve to win the game. So the Cowboys deserve to win. And the Chargers got lucky by even getting close because of that bizarre uh, <laughs> fumble muff pump what they're calling it uh yeah and, uh, that punt so yeah, it was a good moral great win by the cowboys and a terrible loss by a chargers team that is reeling right now yeah i saw somebody tweet that Dak had a very clutch performance in this game um i i think the touchdown pass to brandon cooks was very clutch i liked his touchdown run the option play that they had that was well-designed and by Brian McCarthy, excuse me, Mike McCarthy. Um, I just, I think that their win is a product of who they played, man. Like, I, you know, the Chargers are just a really dysfunctional bunch right now. They get so close and can't win the games at the end. Like you said, they're, 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 uh, you know, three point or less um, losing streak from the end of last season has just really carried over for this year, as much as Brandon Staley wants to deny it or not. Um, but to me, the Chargers, they're going to cut ties with Brandon Staley after this season. Who knows where Kellen Moore is going to end up because he's one year into the job, too. The Chargers need an offensive coach that knows what they're doing on that side of the ball and find a defensive coordinator that can coach that defense. Um, but those guys leave a lot to be desired, man. The Chargers are supposed to be a wild card playoff team, right? They're not going to beat the Chiefs or contend in the AFC West, but they're supposed to be, you know, a five, six, seven seed. I don't see them making it this year, man. I don't see them at all. And like you said, for the Cowboys, this was a huge, huge win for them. Four and two going into their bye. You know, they're back in the the NFC East, uh, you know, pitcher, which is great for them and great for their fan base after how badly they played against the 49ers. Um, You know, but I think the Cowboys still have a lot of places they can go to. It was nice to see that Brandon Cook stepped up really big for them in that game. They um they just really need a second, third option, right? Like this this team has changed completely without Amari Cooper and without Dalton Schultz. Um, Tony Pollard has carried a big load, and he's been able to because he's obviously in a stage of his career where you know Zeke was when he was with the team, and now he's with the Patriots, right? Um, I know Dak is going to get a lot of criticism, and he deserves it for the most part, but the Cowboys haven't really put a lot around him. Um, to be 
truly elite or truly past in, in the same realm as the 49ers and the Eagles. Um, but this was a huge win for them. And I think it really just did come down to the opponent more so than what the Cowboys did. Although Micah Parsons was insane in that fourth quarter. All right, guys, let's move on to the game of the week. In my opinion, Tyler, let's do a real, real preview of the Sunday night football game coming up in week seven. You know, my Miami Dolphins are going to be in it and they're heading up to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Uh, you can list all the storylines from this one. Um, you got Tua and Jalen Hurts. You got Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. The Alabama boys will be out and in prime time. I'm sure all the fans in Alabama will be watching this one as well. Um, but this is a this is a good matchup because of where Philly stands right now. You know, obviously the Eagles lost last week to the Jets. Um, the Jets are just playing everybody real tough. They're a tough out uh, for anybody, and they will be this year. We'll talk about the Jets more a little bit later, probably. But, um, you know, the Eagles have some continuity to figure out after their Super Bowl run last year. They lost both coordinators, and it feels like they may have looked over the Jets a little bit. And I certainly think they won't overlook the Dolphins by any means. Um, the Dolphins had a good win over the, the Panthers last week, even though they were down 14-zip in the first quarter. Uh, may have played with their food against the Panthers and against the Giants a little bit last week, but they've got the highest, uh, craziest offense in the NFL right now, You know, close to 500 yards per game and about 32.7 points, and they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league, Tyler. So what do you think about this game on Sunday night? So I will say this, you and other Miami Dolphins fans make me want to root against the Dolphins. Yes, I love it. I love it. But I, 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 I do, I want to like the Dolphins, but the, the, the you text do like messages, them, Tyler. The, you do, the text you do. messages, the DMs, the tweets I get from Dolphins fans constantly, it's just like, okay. Yeah, so, because... They know, I, you, I saw, they know you like Herbert more, and they don't understand why, well, because well, two is the MVP this year. Well, Herbert is the better quarterback, so let's let's put uh, that he out would, there. He wouldn't be he, two and four, he, two he, and three right he, now. He, he's he's the better quarterback, Safi. You got to come to grips yeah, with that. This is like um, so long he can't get a first down. So, all right, go ahead. So, um, despite Tua being a lesser quarterback, he does have a better record. But I do believe that the Eagles are going to win this game. And it's going to come down to their defensive line being dominant. I love how the Eagles win the battle in the trenches almost every single week, with the exception of the New York Jets game. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that, was, that was that was that was an anomaly, just like the 49ers losing uh, to the Browns. But um, I saw the Eagles play the Rams a couple weeks ago, and it, they made Aaron Donald look human. Aaron Donald was a non-factor. That was one of the first times I've ever seen Aaron Donald look like a non-factor. So if the Eagles can win the battle in the trenches and impose their will up front on both sides of the ball, I do think they bounce back and beat the Dolphins at home. You know that crowd's going to be wild and raucous. Um, but one thing that concerns me about Philadelphia is their pass defense. Now, their pass defense was one of the best in the league last year. But Slay and Bradbury, it looks like they're a half a step slower this year. 
and they've been getting beat in coverage um, a little bit uh, early on in the season. And if you're getting beat in coverage, they haven't seen a receiver like Tyreek Hill this uh, season yet, fastest player in the NFL. So they're going to have their hands full. Uh, I hope they're not uh, planning to put man-on-man coverage on Hill. You need a safety over the top. Don't let Hill beat you. Make Tua throw short underneath passes. Get pressure on him because you all know what happens when Tua feels the heat, feels the pressure. He starts getting happy feet in the pocket, and he's just throwing the spaces, thinking where receivers are going to be, and that's how he throws those interceptions, and I think that's going to happen. On Sunday night, for you, Soffit, and all Miami Dolphins fans to watch. You want to be a Dolphins fan so bad. I know, man. I know. I think it's my fault. It's my fault because I keep trying to tell you two is better than Herbert. Two is having an MVP season right now. He's the best quarterback in the league right now when you look at all the numbers. When you look at all the numbers, Tyler, I know you don't look at numbers and you just go through metrics. And I will argue with you. No, I won't argue with you. I will say Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of our time right now. But who is the best quarterback in the league this season? And when you come to terms with that and realize Justin Herbert is just so far, so far behind Tua, you'll, you'll come around and become a Dolphins fan, I'm sure. Safi, you don't even believe what you're saying. <laughs> I do. Um, now, getting into this Dolphins-Eagles game, Tyler, I have some concern for Miami because that defense leaves a lot to be desired for me. Um, you know, the, the, the Dolphins defenders are getting used to Vic Vangio's scheme. And they're 5-1, and one, yes, but they've played a really soft schedule. And against the Bills, they got ran over on by Josh Allen, which Josh Allen has always done to the Dolphins. Um, but I think Jalen Hurts is the type of quarterback that the Dolphins do not want to see come postseason. They can't really do the run and throw quarterback. They can, they can do the stationary quarterback. But Jalen Hurts' ability to run in this game will be big. Um, I think the, the Eagles run game, DeAndre Swift has become a revelation from them after he got banished from Detroit, pretty much. Um, for me, the Eagles need to run the ball to win this game. Um, and I think they're very, very capable of doing that. Um, I think their defense can kind of slow Miami a little bit. Um, they definitely won't be running man on the back end, that's for sure, like you said. But uh, we saw cover two kind of work really well um, for the Bills against Tyreek Hill. It's the only game he didn't score a touchdown in and the only loss the Dolphins have this season. And if Slay's getting safety help and Bradbury's getting a little bit of safety help, I'm sure there's a window or two Two is going to try to throw a ball in and get a pick um, or be you know subject to an interception. Um, but also think Tyreek Hill is too fast and probably, you know, right there with Christian McCaffrey is the best players in the league to start this season. Um, so I'm really excited to see this game. I think this is a really big matchup for the Dolphins to see where they stand among the top teams in the NFL. And for the Eagles, it's a big chance for them too to also kind of show that their defense is for real. They can slow down the best offense in the league and, you know, potentially continue to make some noise in the NFC for sure. I can't wait till we pick this game at the end of the show. I just hope you have the courage to pick your squad, Soffit. That's all I'm going to say. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. You don't have to worry about my courage, Tyler. I'll tell you that much right <laughs> now. <laughs> Tyler, let's go to your favorite area in the whole country, the Bay Area, uh, where the San Francisco 49ers are a hobbled bunch. Um, obviously went into Cleveland and took a loss there. Uh, Brock Purdy did not win 
um, make make some enough winning plays for them to win that game. Their field goal kicker did miss a game, a potential game winning kick um, to lose that one. But the bigger losses, the bigger issue at hand are the injuries, Tyler. Christian McCaffrey had his touchdown streak extended on like the first series of the game. I think they scored within like two or three minutes, I think. Uh, but he got um, hampered with an oblique and a rib injury. Not sure which one is which, either is the muscle or the bone, right? <laughs> but uh, the, the midsection area is definitely a concern of Christian McCaffrey right now. Debo Samuel had his second injury of the season. We, we saw a leg injury earlier this year, but he has a shoulder injury now. And even Trent Williams has a right ankle injury, the star left tackle for them too. So the 49ers are playing on Monday Night Football this week, and they're going to face the Minnesota Vikings, who are a mess in themselves. They're 2-4. and four. They won last week against the Bears, but Justin Jefferson is out with a hamstring injury, and we all know that's Kirk Cousins' last season there, or potentially because he doesn't have a deal there. But, Tyler, I want to pose this question to you. Should the 49ers rest Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and or Trent Williams for this Vikings game on Monday night? So Kyle Shanahan said that Debo is day-to-day and Trent Williams is day-to-day as well. Uh, Christian McCaffrey yesterday was still getting an MRI. Now, if they are 80% or above, I play them. If they are anywhere under that 80% mark, I don't because the 49ers are a better team than the Justin Jefferson less Vikings. And I don't care if Debo Samuel, Chris McCaffrey, and Trent Williams aren't playing. They are still a better team. As long as you have Brandon Ayuk and you have Brock Purdy and George Everybody Kittle, else on that defense. Right. And everybody <laughs> else on their defense, including yes. the reigning defensive player of the year, Fred Warner, they will be fine. I mean, the 49ers are a better team than the Minnesota Vikings. They get an extra day of rest that benefits them injury-wise. Um, but then you have to be able to rest up because their schedule gets a little bit tougher coming after that Minnesota Vikings game. They got the Cincinnati Bengals the following week, and you want to be healthy enough for that game. So that's why – I. so to answer your question, I, I err on the side of caution. If they're under 80%, I do not play them because knowing the schedule gets a little bit tougher later on in the season. Yeah, if, I, if I'm San Francisco, I rest all these guys, Tyler. I rest them all. 80% or not, I rest them all. The, the 49ers have potential to win the Super Bowl this year. And if any of those guys get hurt in a measly Week 7 game, um, in a game that they can win without them, um, then that's on Kyle Shanahan for putting those guys out there, right? And that's on you know John Lynch as well, too. Um, but the 49ers have a bigger picture they need to keep in mind in this one. And it is that... You know, before they lost in Cleveland last week, they were the best team in the NFL. They probably still are the best team in the NFL when uh, when healthy and 100%. Christian McCaffrey is obviously, like I said, with Tyreek Hill, they're the two best players in the league right now offensively. Um, Nobody impacts their team more than Christian McCaffrey does, right? And I would even add Tyreek Hill in that conversation. um, You know, McCaffrey is is everything. He's a straw that stirs everything in San Francisco right now. And his ability to run between the tackles and catch passes out the backfield from Brock Purdy makes that 49ers offense just sing in a way that we don't see other teams kind of do, right? I keep that guy 
off off the field and as I need him as healthy as 100% as possible because he's the key. He's really the key in all of this. Um, as much as we try to crown Brock Purdy a week ago, um, you know, for beating the Cowboys, he did not show up when the when the 49ers needed him in Cleveland in that game. Um, he really regressed back to the game manager role. Um, and, and granted, all the injuries were definitely, um, you know, hampered them. But uh, this is kind of my argument against the 49ers is in the opportunities where Brock Purdy needs to make a play, needs to go win a Super Bowl. Is he going to be able to do that? Or are the 49ers are going to be one step short, you know, like they were against the Chiefs a couple years ago or like they were against the Eagles last year? Um, that's kind of my big concern for San Francisco overall. So for me, I rest those guys for Monday night. I do not play them. I let Debo Samuel heal all the way. I let Trent Williams heal all the way. And I let Christian McCaffrey, most of all, heal as much as he can because the season's long and the, the 49ers are playing for the one seed, essentially. If you can get a win in Minnesota with all the other guys and continue to get your guys healthy to have home field advantage and maybe beat the Eagles at home in the NFC title game instead of in Philly, I think that's everything the 49ers need to make the Super Bowl this year. So your concerns about Brock Purdy, they're valid. He missed some easy throws um, against the Browns. Uh, he's missed a few uh, easy throws that he should have had this season. Uh, but with all that being said, he still put the 49ers in position to win that game. Jake Moody just missed the field goal that he should have made. That would have been a game-winning uh, field goal in uh, Cleveland. Um, but when I you, – you do have a point, too, with the running back situation. And – I'll say if Christian McCaffrey is at 85%, because the 49ers have Elijah Mitchell that they barely even use, and he used to be their starting running back. Now, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's not. But he's a running back who has started games before. He can run the football. And the 49ers have a good offensive line, and they should be able to win the battle in the trenches as well. So if Christian McCaffrey is – Anywhere less than 85, I don't play him. But Debo and Trent Williams, I still keep my same stance. If they're above, you know, that 80% mark, I play them. Yeah, real quick, Elijah Mitchell was hurt last week. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. And Jordan Mason came off the bench to score a touchdown against uh, the Browns last week. Um, for all your fantasy people out there, pass on Elijah Mitchell. Go get Jordan Mason. I hope none of my friends. To the podcast, by the way, uh, before <laughs> waivers clear on Wednesday. But um, yeah, like you said, the, the 49ers are just too loaded. I think they're going to get past the, the Vikings, no problem. And we'll have more predictions later on in the podcast, too. Uh, Tyler, real quick, I wanted to uh, show some love to Anthony Richardson, man. Very disappointing news coming out of Indy this week. Um, ESPN reported our boy Stephen Holder, great reporter there with the Colts. Um, he spoke to Jim Irsay, who said Anthony Richardson is, quote unquote, probably going to miss the rest of the regular season and undergo shoulder surgery. Now, Richardson's overall pick out of Florida in the draft in April, he sustained an AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder in the Colts week five win over the Titans. Um, I'm pretty sure the Colts have been monitoring the situation and getting plenty of opinion on their franchise quarterback or who was supposed to be their franchise quarterback. But uh, for me, I'm kind of disappointed just because Anthony Richardson, the one thing 
that he lacked coming out of UF was experience. And it seemed to be like he was doing very well in his first couple games outside of the concussion that he had against Houston and the shoulder injury right here too. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of sad for Anthony Richardson in that sense. And the Colts, this little rebuilding process of theirs definitely takes a step back if he's gone for the season. Um, and it changes everything for Indy season two, even though they got Jonathan Taylor back. But um, I just wanted to share with you my disappointment with Anthony Richardson's injury. And I hope he's, um, you know, they figure out the shoulder situation because he has a really bright future. And you're you're a Florida alum, so you got a particularly fond interest in Anthony Richardson. Very, right, very Tell the fans that. Very fond, <laughs> very fond. Yes. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, a lack of experience and repetition kind of plagued him at Florida, and now it's bleeding into the NFL. But um, when he was on the field in that short sample size, uh, he showed why uh, a lot of draft scouts and NFL executives were very high on him. And I do think he's going to be fine in the long term. And the Colts aren't going anywhere this season. They weren't going anywhere if Anthony Richardson was healthy. But in the future, long term, it is bright because they have a stud quarterback who's is a dual threat, has a strong arm, athletic, and he'll be fine. They just have to think about the long term view as a franchise quarterback for him cool tyler that's a perfect segue to our favorite segment of the podcast let's get into our week seven picks man uh now tyler i probably didn't do the good this week good last week that's why i did not recap anything of how well you did over me um so let's just get right into it man uh we got a big matchup and it's not so big actually not gonna even gonna lie to you guys I won't be watching this. I know you won't be either, Tyler. I'm just kidding. But the Cleveland Browns are going into Indy to face the Colts uh, this week. It's a game on Sunday, and we'll see. The Colts are 3-3 three and three right now, 500. Gardner Minshew is the quarterback replacing Anthony Richardson, while the Browns are 3-2. and two. Deshaun Watson has not played in the last two games. He's dealing with a shoulder injury in himself. But Cleveland was good enough to beat San Francisco last week. Uh, Tyler, who do you like in this one? Browns at Colts. The Browns are better than I expected. And I wish that they, the injury bug um, wasn't all over their franchise because if they had Nick Chubb healthy still and then Deshaun Watson coming back from a shoulder injury, they they can be contend in the AFC North. I think Deshaun Watson plays. If he plays, I got the Browns winning. They're coming off a huge win, as we discussed previously in this podcast. The Colts, they're going nowhere fast. I don't trust Gardner Minshew. Got Cleveland winning. I'm going to take Indy in this one, Tyler. I Ooh. think the opposite of the Browns. I think their their win over the 49ers was just lightning in a bottle. I don't think they can sustain that at all. Um, I don't like their run game. I don't like them with Watson or even without him. Um <laughs> To be very honest, he hasn't played good when he's in there for them, and they might have played better without him last week. Who knows? Um, I'm going to take the Colts in this one. I think this is a game where Jonathan Taylor uh, kind of reminds these running backs in the NFL. Got his feet wet a little bit last week. Zach Moss has been playing well, too. Um, I know the league is going to figure out Gardner Minshew real, real quick, and the Colts might be going nowhere this year. 
especially in that division where the Jaguars will reign. But I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Let's go to our second game, Tyler. Uh, we got the Washington Commanders coming off a big win against the Falcons last week, visiting the New York Giants and the poor Giants. Poor, poor Brian Dable was just flush, face red, head cold because they lost in Buffalo and that game against the uh, against the Bills last week. It was crazy how that game really came down to plays at the end of the half with the Giants at the red zone, at the goal line, and could not make it happen against Buffalo. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this one, Commanders or the Giants? The Commanders are so inconsistent. They started <clears> off 2-0, <throat> then lose three straight, including to the Bears, then win last week. I, I just don't know what you're going to get with the Commanders every single week. And, and then, you know, they're – I got the Giants, Sophie. I got the Giants. I'm picking the Giants. <laughs> you don't like seem convinced, they, Tyler. I, 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 I'm not convinced at all. I like yeah. how the Giants performed against Buffalo, even in the loss. Maybe it was a moral victory. They stayed with them, had a yeah. chance to win the game at the end. Saquon Barkley's back. Just ride him. Maybe ride him to victory. But I, I'm not confident at all, Sophie. I'm not. I don't blame you on that one. I don't blame you on that one at all. This 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 game was here, so we can recap that game, right? And I just think I just look at the Giants, and I'm like, they had more passing yards, more rushing yards. They had more turnovers, or excuse me, fewer turnovers than the Bills. Every all the metrics that were there said that the Giants should have won that game against Buffalo, and they didn't. Um, should that have been a pass interference call on Darren Waller the last game? Yes, I don't. It should have been, but I don't blame the rest for holding the uh, holding their flags there. Um, but for this, if that game was right Tyree here, Kill Soffit, you would be up in arms. Yeah, I would be. I would be, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I know if Justin Herbert got one of those calls, you'd be upset too. <laughs> I'm going to take the Commanders over the Giants this week. The Commanders they did start right uh, hot, like you said, two and zero. They their two the the two of their three losses right. Um, were against who, like some of the best teams in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they seem like an, an anomaly a little bit, but I think Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy have right track the commanders over the Giants. All right, Tyler, let's get to our third game of the week. Finally, we got a game with two really great teams. Uh, the Detroit Lions are coming off a win in Tampa Bay. Last week, they are 5-1, and one, the Detroit Lions are, visiting the Baltimore Ravens. We're 4-2, and two, coming off a win in London over the Titans. Tyler, the, the Lions are a very impressive group to me. Um, Detroit might have had the best win of any NFC team last week because the two best NFC teams lost. Um, and then you look at the Ravens, who kind of bounced back against the Titans in this one. Who you got, man? So if... The Dolphins and Eagles is the main event. This is probably the co-main event. I, okay. I really am excited about this matchup. Uh, seems like the Lions are the darlings of the NFL right now. And the Ravens, I think they're the best team in the AFC North. But then sometimes they beat themselves. Their two losses are self-inflicted. I mean, just drop passes, penalties. <clears throat> I don't believe that they're going to do that at home in front of that Baltimore crowd. And I have them actually surprising. 
uh, some folks, including you, which who look surprised. I have the Ravens and Lamar Jackson winning this game over everybody's darlings, everybody's sweetheart, the Troy Lions. Wow, Tyler, you you don't like Tua and you don't like the Lions. Like, who do you like, man? Are you just a mad person? I feel like you're just mad at the world if you don't like the Detroit Lions this uh, week. I, I like the Ravens. Look, 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 I understand. I understand. Look, you you picked the Ravens to win the AFC North, and I believe they're your Super Bowl pick. So I appreciate the consistency from you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to take Detroit in this one. We are going back and forth. We're picking all different teams this week. I know that's what you love. I love it, too. We're going to really count up all the picks and get a right <laughs> judgment for all you guys here. Uh, I'm going to take the time and do that. But I'm taking Detroit in this one. Um, I know David Murray is going to be out. Um, I know Jamar Gibbs is coming off an injury. It's time to unleash the rookie. Um, but also, Jared Goff is playing really well. I'm on St. Brown, came back out of Monster Game last week. Jamison Williams had a catch, touchdown catch in that game last week against the Bucs as well. I don't like the Ravens' secondary, Tyler. As much as I love Lamar Jackson, I don't like his secondary at all. And just because the Ravens have, you know, the uh, the ability to implode, I think that's enough for me to not pick them. <laughs> I'm going to take Detroit in this game. All right, Tyler, we both know who we're going to pick in this one, but I really want to hear you not pick. Justin Herbert and the Chargers this week. The Chargers are going to face the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and that game is in Kansas City at Arrowhead Sunday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Obviously, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have had an amazing weekend together. They were in New York <laughs> City. They were on SNL. They were showing. They were at the SNL after party, staying out till 5 a.m. Don't ask me. I watch E.T. with my mom, Entertainment Tonight. So I know all the details on, on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but it's time to get back to business after their mini buy. Um, the Chiefs won on Thursday, last Thursday, I believe, right? And now they're going to face the Chargers, who RMS are not going to make the playoffs. You guys heard me at the beginning of this podcast. Tyler, tell me why you're not picking Justin Herbert this week. Tell me why. So if the Chargers do make the playoffs, just beware that I'm going to come back and uh, remind you of what you said. Sure, um, please do. I am very tired of this Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey uh, soap opera. I, I don't, don't care like about the their love lines. You don't like I don't, Tula. You don't like Taylor Swift either. Wow. I, I, I really can care less about their love life. And I, I rather talk about football, honestly. Um, the Chargers don't know how to win. The Chiefs do. They're just finished Super Bowl champions. They won the mm -hmm. division seven straight seasons in a row. And if they win this week, it will be they are knocking on the door, winning their eighth straight AFC West title. There is nothing that gives me any confidence that the Chargers are going to win this game. I've got the Chiefs. Of course I do. You gonna pick the Chiefs again? I'm picking the Chiefs again. There we go, baby. There we go. Tyler's picking the Chiefs. I'm also going to pick the Chiefs in this one. I'm only watching this game to see Justin Herbert. Shocker. Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore mess up. Um, but even with the Chiefs and all the continuity that they need to find offensively outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking them in this one as well, too. Uh, Tyler, my game of the week, our game of the week, the main event, Sunday Night Football. Um, sorry, Vi sorry to the Vikings and the 49ers on Monday Night Football, but it's all about Sunday Night Football this week. The Miami Dolphins going to Philly to place 
to face the Eagles. Excuse me. So excited. I can't keep my words out of my mouth, Tyler. Tyler, tell me why the Dolphins are going to lose. And I'm going to tell you why they're going to. I'm just going to tell you right now, Tyler. I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. Taking the Dolphins 26-23. Look, it's going to be rough. It's going to be I'm like my stomach is going to turn. I might have the BGs in this one, Tyler, watching this game. I think Jalen Hurts is going to run wild. I think that defense is going to get after Tua. But I think, I think, I think Tua and Tyreek are going to make a play at the end of that game that gives them the win. I'm taking the Dolphins in this one, and I'm giving you more ammo for next week if they lose. Stop it. Are you speaking with your heart or your head? Both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my What are you goodness. laughing about, Tyler? What are you oh, laughing man. about? I, I could just picture you. You're going to be like that Chargers fan. That yeah, that's me. TV on ESPN. That's, that, gonna that's, that, that's going to be you inside your uh, home on yep. Sunday night. I, I hope there's somebody filming you. Uh, during this game while the mm-hmm. Dolphins are getting pummeled uh, by the Eagles oh. while the defensive line of the Eagles are getting after Tua and having him mm-hmm. under duress. Well, Tyreek Hill is going to make a few plays, but it will not be enough because the Eagles, they're a complete team with the actually good, pretty good defense too. The Dolphins' defense uh, really? is mediocre at best. And you win games in the trenches. Like they said, nobody does the brotherly shove, the tush push like the Philadelphia Eagles because they have the best offensive line in football. They have the b- best defensive line in football, arguably. And that's going to be showcased on Sunday night when they get the win over your beloved Miami Dolphins. <laughs> We'll see. We will see, Tyler. It's going to be another amazing week in the NFL. It's already week seven. Like, literally, where has the time gone? Um, But it's always exciting to be here on It's a Football Podcast with you, Tyler. And we always appreciate you guys listening wherever you are tuning in with us. If you haven't already, guys, download the USA Today Sports app wherever you get your favorite apps on your phone. You guys can pick your favorite teams and get all the news and updates you desire from USA Today Sports. Guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Peace.